Mr. Men. What you doing? Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Talking Smack, where we talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics, plus so much more. I'm your host, Josh Scar, and joining me this week is everyone's favorite anthropomorphic cat, Alex. Alex, how you doing? Fantastic. I am feeling accomplished, and I will let you know why I'm feeling accomplished. Because, everyone, we're officially on YouTube. We have yeah. a podcast hey. playlist on YouTube. I mean, we've technically been on YouTube a while. I did a couple of Let's Plays that no one watched besides me to make sure the sound balance was right. But yeah, yes. we have, we're have we on the YouTube podcast stuff now. So if you're a YouTube podcast listener, hey, thanks for checking us out. Oh, yeah. We have all uh, 139 plus episodes. We have the bonus episodes. We have the limited edition Talking Lasso spinoff series yeah. that is there. Who said it was it limited edition? Well, well it's over now. Ended. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, those episodes are up forever. Those those aren't limited edition. But the other voice series. You, there you go. But the other voice you just heard there is Matt. Matt, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing great. Hopefully our YouTube does not uh, radicalize you. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's going to radicalize anyone, I think our points of views would be the better ones to be radicalized by, huh? That's true. That's true. Hopefully it doesn't lead you to... <laughs> I was doing some test listens, and the next suggestion was, uh, the Earth is not round. And I was like, okay. oh, all right, let's dive into this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Space is fake, man. It's actually just all I, a holographic projection. I fear, if you listen, not because of the content, but just because of the subject matter, if you listen to any episode about Star Wars that has Star Wars in the title, I fear what the next YouTube recommendation is. Oh God! For you, <laughs> the episode with where we have uh, Matt from Decaying with the Boys, where I I make the uh, intentional joke about how birds are not real. That that is a joke for the sake of a joke. That was not me purporting that birds are not real. Hopefully, the algorithm picks that up and sets you on the right path. <laughs> All I know is Matt is here. Matt is my comfort spot, and I'm excited about that. <laughs> Speaking of comfort spots, let's go hear from Antonio and Deanna over at the MILF and Me podcast, and we'll be right back. Face it, dating sucked in your 20s, gets worse in your 30s, and your 40s, forget it. It's a cesspool out there, and we're your flotation device. Join us weekly for saucy chat, ridiculous love gurus, and MILF-worthy fun to spice up your life. The MILF, MILF and, and Me podcast. podcast. Every Wednesday on your favorite pod platform. And the MILFandMePod.com. The MILF, Milf and, and Me podcast. podcast. Okay, I have to look that podcast up. Yeah, it's from Antonio. Of course you have to. I'm, sh I'm shocked you're not already listening. You should be listening to it right now as we're recording. And goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> now let's have to talk over the audio. <laughs> and, well, Alex is out for the rest of the episode because we already know what he's doing. He's listening to the MILF and me. But uh, we're doing our What You Doing episode today where we just talk about the things we're having fun with away from the podcast. And we bring it to the podcast, which makes it superfluous. But it's fun anyway because we get to talk about a bunch of different things and we're going to kick it off with matt matt what you up to what you doing oh boy i am this this edition is gamer zone it's a 
wild season if you are a gamer American. Stuff's coming out left and right, and I am playing tons of stuff. Uh, the first thing I'll talk about, I think maybe the one that I am like least hyped about on my list, um, is I've been playing Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, which is the newest the newest game to come out from the series. It's been going for, I think this year is 15 years. Um, this one is notable because it is very intentionally a big throwback to like the original Assassin's Creed back in 2007. The last couple have been like these big open world RPGs that are more focused on like actual just combat and exploration, um, Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla. And this one is more streamlined. It's a smaller space. It's a smaller, more focused story where you're like going from A to B. And yeah, you're, it's giving you like tools in the same way that you would have used in Assassin's Creed like 1 and 2. Um, smoke bombs, like blow darts, things like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's all structured in terms of like cases where you're like doing a couple small quests surrounding like a main quest. So you're like, oh, this is the quest where you discover this clue or this clue or this clue and then that all leads to a big main quest that is usually some kind of assassination but not necessarily and yeah the story is kind of like nothing it's kind of boring which is also in line with the original assassin's creed um (laughs) you play a character named basim who is originally appeared in assassin's creed valhalla but he is uh an assassin in ninth century baghdad um and it's mostly just that where he you're an assassin and people are like oh we got to stop this guy go get him but you know the gameplay loop especially if you're someone who's been playing these games forever like i have is fun and kind of like comforting a throwback there's nostalgia there at least for me i'm enjoying it yeah that i i like the sound of that because the i i have i have assassin's creed valhalla i played about 20 minutes of it and i had to put it down because i couldn't figure out where to go for my missions or like how to progress anything yeah. And I, I prefer the more straightforward games. Like once it got to Assassin's Creed 4, that's pretty much when I stopped playing because I played, I think you and I played uh, Unity, I think was the follow up to that, the first one on the Xbox One. Yeah. And I just, I had no idea what, what to do, let alone like how to play <laughs> with my friend that we were allegedly in the same game with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, I made a mistake playing the Assassin's Creed games because uh, I got like a bundle and it, I started with like I started with Black Flag, and I just played the crap out of that. I I, I wailed, I sea shantied, I loved it yep. all. And then I tried going backwards, and I was seeing how you Assassins created wrong. <laughs> yeah, every game I went backwards, the game was glitchier, the mechanics were stupider, <laughs> it was less intuitive, yeah. and so I never went forward because I'm like I've hit the pinnacle. <laughs> I have a sea shanty. I have a boat. I, I've hit. I'm home. <laughs> I mean, Black Flag is like it's a stealth, not a barely stealth pirate game, and it's like almost perfect in that in that regard. In that game rules. I don't know if it's the pinnacle, but it is close. But um, you know, I finished all three of those previous games: Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, and they're big. They're too big. So Valhalla came out in 2020, and I didn't play it consistently i was in fits and starts between other gaming and stuff but i didn't finish it until about a week before mirage came out and there was stuff i even was like oh i'm not gonna do this because i don't have time i don't have the inclination i'm done with this game so like i think you know who knows where they go from here because i think this one is very much like specifically a throwback because it's the 15th anniversary but 
Mm. You know, I think, I think what they've been doing is fun. It's good, but it's also like too big for me, for me. And, you know, I'm sure I'll still keep trying them cause I enjoy them, but you know, some middle ground would be nice if nothing else, but sure. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, Mirage is, is fun. It's, it's taken a backseat to tons of other games that are coming out right now. You know, it's like I said, it's kind of a nostalgic. I've been playing these games pretty much as they've come out since the first one hit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love the franchise personally. I think Assassin's Creed 3 is a little underrated in terms of what it did for, at least uh, for a storytelling mechanic with Connor. Yeah. The, no one's really playing those games for the story anyway. Um, it's oh, for the mechanics, that's the not, stealth missions. That's not true. But that's not true. That <laughs> we're going to get into that. that. We're, we're going to get into that later. Um, our next crazy lore episode is going to be Assassin's Creed. So I don't want to get too deep into that now. Maybe people aren't playing it for the story, but their story is there and it's it's weird. It sounds insane and I love it. Alex, Alex knows because the, the one game you played is also the one where they're like, oh, by the way, you're also working at what's effectively Ubisoft. <laughs> Oh, that you're was bizarre. Pi- yeah, you're you're a pirate, and also you're at Ubisoft. <laughs> yeah, like, like they actually like scan their offices to put it into the game of like, oh yeah, you work here, you need a badge to enter this area, and you can sneak around this desk. I'm like, I've seen this building before. Yeah, here's an iPad. I've seen Go scan some QR here. codes. Yeah, <laughs> scan some QR codes and solve some puzzles. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, what you doing? Well, I'm on episode 51 of uh, the Milf and Me podcast titled Fuck My Work Wife, and I'm excited. <laughs> Where is this going? But no, uh, for me, it is the current season of of weird TV shows because they, they brought one called Found, which I call Zach Morris in the future. Because it is Mark Paul Glosser as this per- person named Sir, who has who apparently twenty years before kidnapped Gabby uh, Mosley, played by uh, Shanola Hampton, and she has she escaped when she was like thirteen, and now twenty years later she has captured him to force him to help her in her business, which is finding missing people. <laughs> I'm going to objectively say it's not necessarily a good show. They do a lot of BSy things like the the missing person of the week. They're like, they get their quick story and they're just like, okay, we need to create a hash a branded hashtag for this. We need to have three press conferences and then like one scene later, all right, it is it is trending all across the country. Everybody's looking for this person. It's like that's not how social <laughs> media works, and that's not how any you know, but. It's the new internet. It just works the way the screenwriter needs it to work. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm obsessed with the interactions that so they every episode they flash back to when she was younger, played by a different actress who when she was kidnapped and this life. And so you have him younger, they like, you know, have dyed his beard and everything. And he's very charismatic, but very sinister. They flash forward and he assists her with their cases and he's still manipulating her, but she has him chained in the basement. And which is great because they don't do any like makeup. They just like, he has a great beard now. He didn't then. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently he's aged a day and forgot his, you know, just for men. <laughs> but Zach, but in my head canon for this weird show is Zach Morris has finally 
getting what's coming to him. <laughs> and now he solves crimes <laughs> from a basement where he's chained up. He's going to make up for that one Christmas where he got a homeless girl for Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> where where can people find the show? Uh, it's on Peacock. Apparently they filmed okay. it. Um, they filmed it earlier this year, but because, you know, the, the expected strikes, they held it all and now they're dumping it because they have no content. But this is a good yeah. show. I like this show. Okay. All right. What is it called? called again? I'm found. sorry. Found. found. Sequel to Lost. <laughs> yes. It, it's the opposite of Lost. Everybody's currently alive <laughs> and you're okay. not, in, um, not in purgatory or limbo. I can't. I can't start with I can't I can't start correcting you on that. <laughs> I can't start correcting you on that. Matt can take us down. <laughs> uh, Josh, what you watching uh, or doing? I, I actually just last night I finally saw Barbie. All right. Uh, wait, 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 hold on. I believe Justin from the Movie Wire is on his way. If we can wait. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, it's not entirely what I would have done, but that doesn't mean that it's not good because I, I feel like with a brand like Barbie, you, you do get that idea that it could be an all ages movie, but yeah. it, you also run into a pitfall of like, you're just basically doing that Disney channel original movie with Tyra Banks, who be, who's a doll who becomes a real person and you don't want to do that. So what do you do? You get Greta Gerwig and you have her make just this meta ass movie that is about women empowerment, but also it's realistic in its message as well as just like telling young women like it's OK to not like women, but also men kind of suck, but not in the way that the men who suck really suck are going to interpret this movie. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a it feels like you say the word patriarchy and people, a certain kind of person pops out of the woodwork to start shit with you. <laughs> this movie is deeply interested in that. And like, not just how it impacts women, but also men. Like, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a comedy, but it's also a movie where Ken is in the real world for 20 minutes, reads a book and doesn't goes back to Marvelland to do an insurrection to do January 6th. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> it, it is not subtle about what it's doing. Um, so I think, you know, it naturally inspired, I think inevitably inspired a lot of like the worst people in the world talking about it and burning Barbie dolls or whatever. But, you know, I think it is, they, they are, those people are mostly missing what the movie is actually saying, which is like, this affects you as well. Like, please listen. <laughs> and like I've been saying, Greta Gerwig, she don't miss. She's, she's good. She's great. I saw the opening weekend. I saw Oppenheimer on Sunday. I think Barbie on like Wednesday or something like that. And if you want to catch the review, uh, Justin Henson and I did review it on this show. And then oh, yeah, reviewed Oppenheimer right. on his. I really dug the movie. I, I liked what it said. But the thing that will always stick with me of this movie is, unfortunately, a, um, a Teen Titans go to the movie kind of situation. So my wife and I were seeing that. And that ends with Robin leaping at the screen going, kids, ask your parents where babies come from. <laughs> <laughs> And this movie ends with a kind of a similar mic droppy kind of moment where they set it up early in the film by referencing that none of the Barbies have or Barbies or Ken's have genitals. But at the end of the movie, she you think she's going in there for something else. And she does this joke of joke. I'm here to see the gynecologist. And yeah, goes, cut the credits. Laugh. And, yeah. I, and she's yeah, snorting. Yeah. <laughs> this group of women in front of me stood up and they were probably in their 40s or 50s. And 
the first thing I hear them saying as I'm making my way down the aisle is, that's not funny. No woman's excited about going to the gynecologist. <laughs> and I'm just inwardly, I'm laughing my ass off because that is also, that is very true. Uh, you know, my wife's not exactly excited for that yearly <laughs> visit, but I was just like, cause I love the, you know, rug pull moment of that. But yeah. Sincere, oh, yeah. The sincere anger and vitriol. Of yeah. Right. Like, so leave this on. How dare they? <laughs> It is it is wild to me because this is you know it's it's an IP movie it's a franchise movie right and like there is Mattel let her get away with a lot more than you would think like if it was Disney you know if I'm I yeah. I'm not like a Disney sucks person necessarily in terms of their the stuff they put out but you know this is not the kind of thing you would you would see in Spider Man or Star Wars or whatever and that joke is like the epitome of it like I'm. I'm amazed they like let her do that. <laughs> yeah, and that that was my that was the point I was going to get to is that if I remember reports after Barbie hit like 700 million as it was closing in on the billion dollar mark, Mattel was like, "Oh, we've greenlit 60 different movies based on our brands." Yeah. And it's like you can't do that every time. You can't do this every time because you're going to diminish the message of this and you can't do that with like matchbox racers. Well, and this is this is how it is, right? Where it's like, you know, say what you will about the state of Hollywood right now, but you know, what happens in 2008, Iron Man comes out and is like, "Oh, we're going to do a big expanded universe." And then instead of like seeing what about those movies is like setting people off and like making them dig it, they go, "Oh, it's the shared universe thing. It's, you know, the very like this this is just Hollywood Executive 101, right? Where it's like, oh, the 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 movie about our franchise that is like personal and honest and like funny is hitting big. Oh, it must be the toy thing. So we're gonna do a bunch of toy movies, you know, where it's just like it's 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 like baffling how how much of a dipshit you have to be to be a Hollywood executive, apparently. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's uh I think it was a PvP comic where they they're making fun of the idea that Black Panther hit a billion dollars and they're like, hmm, what could the similarity to, of this to like all these other most recent big hits be? It's the cat thing. Let's yeah, make a right. whole bunch of movies about cats. Well, I mean, Captain Marvel does have a, a cat in it. That's true. <laughs> and a lot of the advertising I, for the Mar for the Marvels has her cat on the shoulder. <laughs> her flurkin, who is wrongfully named, by the way, his name is Chewy. Not goose. Chewy. I will. Well, I will die on that a, hill. It's an alternate universe, Josh. It's an that's alternate fair. timeline. So, Josh, as a uh, a father of young daughters, not to take away from you, Matt, but I believe Josh's are a little older than yours. Is. Yeah, mine. Just a little bit. Just turned. Just turned nine months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost about to hit that point where they've been out in the world longer than they were incubating. I think at this point, I think that she literally has been. Yeah, yeah. She was a little bit early, so. <laughs> So was this a you and Ricky movie or did you this was have like your oldest? Movie. Okay. From from what I had heard, this this definitely needed the mom and dad screening beforehand. Okay. So uh, this one I'll probably hold off for three more years, maybe from the oldest. And we'll see how she reacts then. I don't think she's old enough now to just be like, oh, look, real world Barbie. I, yeah. I, she. I think that yeah, novelty wears off after the first like 20 minutes. 
and then it starts yeah, getting into the message and that i think she just won't i don't think she would would hate it she'd just be like i don't understand this isn't this isn't barbie's life in the dream house yeah it's maybe a little old for a little i mean a little higher than she's ready for here's a question um do you ever wonder what the alternate universe is like where the how i met your mother spinoff starring greta gerwig gets picked up oh right after like what what would pop culture look like if that show went for 10 seasons and she didn't make little women or Lady Bird or this <laughs> see i don't know because i swear that there's a demo of that episode out somewhere and that it was super bad it was super bad i'm just i just like to imagine like how different things are if oh instead of becoming a, <laughs> a great director she was on a shitty sitcom for a decade she just became a shitty sitcom director forever yeah maybe everything else in that universe is good like maybe she's the the nexus point of she's a great director but everything else sucks yeah on the one hand you know we didn't get these great movies but also you know we don't have an ongoing pandemic we don't have the rising tide of fascism in the united states (laughs) yeah you know is that where is that the universe where we got um uh, we got guillermo de toro's at the mountain of madness yeah yeah (laughs) we got guillermo del toro's mountain of madness we got guillermo del toro's hobbit we got uh What's Guillermo del Toro's that... Pacific Rim 2? <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pacific Rim 2. And uh, oh, I had one. What was it? What's one that... Oh, we got Sony's Popeye <laughs> instead of the Emoji yep. Movie. Yep. Oh, and Robin Williams was still alive to actually play <laughs> Popeye 2. Yep. <laughs> that's what it is. Yep. Oh. Zack Snyder got to finish his movie, Justice League. <laughs> no, no, that's... No, that's... Matt, you've steered it back into the universe. <laughs> I don't know, man. Jo- Josh Whedon's Justice League is the wrong universe. There, are, there's a couple. That's a whole different conversation, but you're not wrong. Very much so. <laughs> Alex, what you doing? I have. I'm going to put these two back to back because I have decided out of nowhere that I am going to complete video games. Okay. And as as one like, should like I would 100 think. like but like 100 percent do everything all the side content optional content yeah. or just like yeah okay uh so one of the reasons is i love horizon zero dawn i love horizon forbidden west and yeah. i told myself i was gonna buy a ps5 when there was a game on there that i needed to do well sony decided to fuck me and announced that burning shores would be ps5 only so i literally bought it and was playing the day one but i knew i was at the last mission and I put the game aside and I believe it said like May 18th was my save point. And I just finished it like two days ago. <laughs> my, my, uh, my wife likes to watch me play video games and she was like doing some crafting stuff, preparing for her next Dungeons and Dragons game. And I put it in and she's like, Oh my God, you're going to finish it. I'm like, yes. Cause she knew that I had stopped. I love this game. It's, I love it's Aloy. I, I, I made an intellectual choice to have Aloy smooch somebody finally after yeah. after 250 hours of video games because I put like 120-ish into the first game with all the DLC. And then this one, I'm around like 130. And then, of course, the, the DLC had to like maybe 50 more. But I love this game. Yeah. I love happiness. Aloy <laughs> smooched another person. And then she said, and now I'm off to save the world. And I'm like, I know why that design choice was made. Because it's a single player game and they ain't going to have her and all her people with her. <laughs> yeah, right. And I found the little Lance Hendrick, Lance, uh, no, sorry, oh, Lance, Riddick, yeah. uh, Lance Riddick Memorial to put in the game because he's silent. That's, that's nice. 
Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. He was a voice actor, and then passed after the new one came out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah. then I decided to abuse myself in a different manner. Oh, you see, okay. that's that's so different. You've been listening to the Milf and Me too much now. <laughs> well, I am listening to episode forty nine. Spank me, please. Real title. Now, <laughs> so I love the Saints Row video games. I did not start with one and two because they were just, you know, I, I heard one was They're just a like, GTA yeah. knockoffs, essentially. But three and four, and then uh, four Get Out of Hell. fantastic. The, the America gun, where when you start firing <laughs> it, fireworks go off and it plays a Star Spangled Banner. I mean, the ch- the chum gun, where you're in the middle of a city and you fire chum and a shark comes out and eats people. <laughs> Get Out of Hell is a musical. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? It's ten. It's like twenty bucks. I um, it's twenty bucks with the you know with the DLC. I'm going to play this, and I started it, and it's not good. The graphics are the reboot. The Saints Row 2022. Uh, 2022. The graphics yeah. are buggy. The combat is loose and weird. It's missing the joy. But you know what? Actually, but you know what? The DLC actually saves it that they put out before they abandoned and shuttered poor Volition Studios, may, may Volition rest in peace. Because the best part of Saints Row 2022 is the, is the side quest where you cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> there is an entire thing they call the Dustlanders where you dress up in cardboard and you're LARPing. One of your crew is involved with it and you have to defend. And you actually go out there and you're dressed in cardboard suits and you're firing little dart nerf guns. And when you're firing, she goes, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Incredible. Because you get it customized, which is why I love these games. The Saints Row games did it right in that you you have a customized character. You get um, It's been this way since at least three where you have a, your customized character. You, you choose the gender. You choose the look. You choose the voice. And they don't talk. They just call you boss. Yeah. Boss, we're going to yeah, do this. this. Hey, boss, we need help. It is... Um, it is very empowering to just be able to decide this is the person and facade that I want to be, my avatar. And this game continued it, just person calling you boss. So my boss is female and she's running around going pew, 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 and she's firing dirt guns. And the, <laughs> and the DLC and continues the storyline where they involve magic in it. And now you're running around with like, with like juice bottles pretending to resurrect your fallen people. <laughs> <laughs> the game's terrible. I love it and I had to finish it because it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated every moment of it, but I love this damn thing. <laughs> playing Saints Row 4, I, I chose to play as a, a woman character as well, but they they got me in the customization because they just had Nolan North as a voice. Yeah. And I just, so I, I ran around with a woman character with Nolan North's voice. I did not care. It was the best thing ever. Yeah, 3 and 4, you know, I played... I think it was a game. I think I must have hit like Xbox, the gold, the games of gold service a while ago. Cause like, you know, I, I played the first one when it first came out. It was when at least I, I don't know if you had started yet, Josh, but when I was working at GameStop and I tried it and I was like, this sucks. This is like just <laughs> someone's ripping off, you know, GTA San Andreas. And so then, you know, years later when it was free, I picked it up and I was like, holy shit, this rules. Like, this is amazing. And I did, <laughs> I didn't 100% complete it, but it was like the closest I've ever come with any of those like GTA style games to that mm-hmm. point where I'm just like, oh, I'm doing everything just because like I'm having a blast with, with it. So I, I was a little bummed to hear some of the reviews of the new one, but I'm glad you at least found some joy in it. Yeah. So the main storyline is actually really crappy. Your, yeah. your friends are all kind of like, 
super bro-y like one dude his only personality is he doesn't wear a shirt the other person uh, one of the other characters is like her only personality trait is she loves her car and so you don't feel that integration with having gat and um kinsey right. and all the others they didn't do that very well but at the same time like you know the the larping story is fantastic the other side characters aren't great but i love the quips that she makes like there's one point where you're we're running through this building that's on fire with all these stupid weapons and she just runs into the room and she's just like we have to keep doing this really where do you get all these people <laughs> as you're mowing down hundreds and hundreds of guards and then at one point there's a great cutscene where she just she's like listen i've already killed everyone else behind me can we not do this <laughs> well of course you gotta do and, it yeah, and that's the, you know the same. And then she kills everybody but like one person, and then cut to that person. And he's like, she's like, do I have to kill you too? And he's like, actually, no. It's like my first day. I'll I'll unlock the box and give you the map of where everybody is. And she's like, oh, thank <laughs> <you."> <laughs> I mean, there are funny, clever moments with that, like that. You can just kind of tell that this has been in development for like eight years now, and the engines are weird. Like some parts, yeah. like really, the graphics really pop. Other parts don't. But if you just want to shoot them up, weird, you know, shoot them up weirdness with stupidity and it's 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 worth the 30 bucks that it was and you know volition didn't deserve to go down like this yeah 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 it's been a really tough year for that kind of thing um and i think if you have if you are subscribed to playstation plus i think it was recently one of the free games um mm-hmm. i don't know if it's i don't know if it's for this month or the previous month, it was august you, free game yeah so so you may <laughs> have it um you know even whether you know it or not or i mean you probably know if you have it if you've been keeping up with it but <laughs> You know, for free is also a pretty good price. All right. Well, Matt, what you doing? Uh, like I said, it's the real gamer zone. Um, I've been playing, you know, it's at least as of recording, it's near the end of October. So spooky times, getting close to Halloween. Um, so I was looking for a spooky game and I decided to pick up uh, the Dead Space remake that came out earlier this year. I think it came out in February. Excuse me. Either Alex um, I just think... heard something really good on the MILF and me, or he really liked the Dead Space mention. Well, it is the spanking episode. <laughs> I I picked it up on sale, but I think at this point, if you are a Game Pass subscriber on Xbox, it is it has been added to that service. But you know, I I was happy to I think I bought it for like thirty or forty bucks, and I was happy to to pay that price and just recently finished it. Um, if you don't know Dead Space, it is. I think it first. Came, I think the first game came out in two thousand eight, and it is a survival horror game that is, as the name implies, set in space. You are on. You are someone who has basically been sent to check out a derelict like space mining ship, and there's all kinds of, you know, spooky mo- zombie monster guys, and the whole gimmick is like, you can't just pump them full of bullets. You have to like strategically cut off their limbs to kill them. Um, cause they've got like these long gangly limbs that are like claws and spikes and stuff. And, you know, shooting them in the head doesn't do anything. You got to take off the arms, take out the legs, stuff like that. So, um, I think it was earlier this year, they put out a remake that is, um, extremely faithful, um, really close to the original, except it's got modern updates and some quality of life changes. You know, I don't know if it, how, how it one-to-one is in terms of like, oh, that enemy that was there in the original game. And it's also here now but it's like you know if you've played that original game a lot like i would say 90 percent of the spaces are almost one-to-one like recreated in high fidelity high def graphics it's gorgeous 
I think the probably the, the biggest change is that it is uh, sort of more open. In the original game, it was sort of level based, where it's like, okay, this chapter you are in this part of the ship. Here's your mission. Do your thing. When you're done, you jump on the tram and you move on to the next thing. And if you're gonna if you're coming back, it's gonna be because the story is telling you to come back. Now the ship is a not one interconnected unit. You still have to jump on the tram, but it is like, oh, you're in engineering for this chapter and the next chapter is on the bridge or whatever. You now have the ability to travel freely back to those levels and you know pick up items you missed or like some side quests that are new to this game require you to jump around the ship and find stuff. So really just a great little game. You know, it was it, it was one of those things where a lot of times when like a game is getting remade like this, I'm like, I don't know that this is necessary. The game, the original game is still good and readily available. And in this case, at least it turned out to be, you know, I think that's still all true and the original is still a good game, but this is a really great update. And, you know, little things like I, in the first game, the main character is like a totally silent protagonist, doesn't say a word. And in the second and third game, they gave him more of a character. He's got a voice, he's talks, he's, you know, a person. So this game sort of like does that where he's like talking to characters and, you know, commenting on what's going on. I happen to think that he was like annoying as shit in those second two games, but not not really so here. Anyway, great game. If you're looking at this point, I think if I'm doing my math right, this may come out after Halloween. But you know, it's still it's still winter, still spooky, still fall. So if you're looking for something spooky, I would say I would say give it a shot. Yeah, this is one of those games I haven't played the remake, but I did try the original. And I, if I remember, that was the first game I ever played with my Turtle Beach surround sound headsets. Oh, that was a mistake. Yep. <laughs> the sound design in that game is fantastic, but it creeped the hell out of me. And as everyone knows, I don't like scary things. Yeah. So I put it down immediately. <laughs> That's another game. And, the, you know, it's kind of a theme, I guess, so far, because with Assassin's Creed, where that game came out um, right around the time that I was really spending, like doing my work at GameStop and... So it was a game like talked about with coworkers, buddies, probably you, Josh, when you, I think you were probably there at that point, and just I was know, probably still knees deep in Assassin, uh, not Assassin's Creed, in uh, Mass Effect. Like I was yeah. around that time, I was just playing Mass Effect like every weekend, unless there was a Halo thing going on, or uh, yeah, yeah, maybe getting hyped for Arkham Knight or no Arkham Asylum coming out. I think that was yeah. two thousand nine. Yeah, but you know, it's a game I associate with like a very sp- specific time in my life that you know is is a bygone era now so like it wasn't nostalgic necessarily but it was nice to be like oh you know this this is just a 4k recreation of like a thing i have been in before and it's not exactly the same but it is enough that i'm like okay this is that space okay i'm going here because i like remember it and it's just it was a nice little walk to memory lane and just a really solid game to boot well, video games are terrible at game preservation. They're just yeah. the companies go under. It's hard to find yeah. them and stuff like that. There's, you know, it was like a little while back ago, they were wanting to make remake some game and the original files had been lost. So they were actually mm-hmm. asking people if like any of the, any of the past employees happened to have like a dev file at home <laughs> so they could look for yeah, it. Yeah, right. But, yeah. And so I'm not necessarily a fan of remaking in its completion, like um, Evil Dead, but I would be a freaking hypocrite because I have bought Demon Souls five times now. 
Yeah. I bought it for the PS3. It was the first game I was ever like obsessed with hundreds of hours. A tradition my wife and I have, uh, well, my wife has for me from watching me play that game, made it into our vows, which is, which was the line. I will always remind tell you when you've died in a video game because it would pop up and you died and she would, and she would just kind of come at you died. <laughs> I, so I bought it originally. I bought it with the PlayStation, like, you know, uh, not the PlayStation, like bestsellers collection. It came with like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a CD and like a little booklet about that. I bought it for the PS4 and oh, so I maybe only bought it four times. And now I have bought the remake for the yeah, PS5. Yeah. And it is sitting there on my shelf, sitting there, waiting for me to play it. Because I know <laughs> if I take this damn disc and I put it in the computer, I mean, for the PS5, and I hit install, I'm not going to be seen for about three to four months. That's your life. That's your life. Yeah. <laughs> because I love this damn game. Yeah. I've never played it, but I've heard such great things. And I, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, no, I just... Yeah, so hearing that they did a faithful, like, you know, it it's not a remaster, but, you know, it's a remake, but it's it's a continuation. It's a love story to it I'm excited about, which is to say I'm not exactly excited about, like, they're, apparently they're doing that for Metal Gear Solid 3 and Unreal 5, yeah, yeah. which I, I don't know if it needs it. You know? Yeah, that's the if thing. Anything's like, gonna, yeah. I have no I have no beef specifically with a remake, right? Um, but a lot of times, a lot of the discourse around it is like oh this game needs a remake what's a game that needs a remake and i'm like none like if it's a good game it's still a good game it just might not it might show its age a bit right we're like you know resident evil 4 had a had a remake earlier this year and it was great it ruled um but a lot of the discourse around it was like oh i went back and played the original resident evil 4 and i was like i cannot believe how dated it was compared to the remake and i'm like it's it's still a good game. It just is. It's a game from And you can't say you know? that it's dated. It it was made when it was made. Like yeah, that, like that's that's like saying when Duke Nukem came out. You can say Duke Nukem was dated because it came out when it came out and it handled the way it handled. Yeah. So like you can tell like oh yeah this was this feels like a game that's been in development for thirteen years. Yeah, and I'm so I'm I'm happy with a remake if it's good. Um, but you know I think that there's. And part of, and this is part of the preservation thing because the gaming as an industry is so focused on the consumer aspect of it. What's the next thing? What's the, what's the fancy new shit over the artistic portion of it, the preservation of it. So like there is an incentive and part, some of this is fostered by the companies too, where like game X is a classic and it needs a remake because it's, the, otherwise it's just an old game and we're, we're going to new games better fidelity better graphics oh can you imagine how great final fantasy 7 could be if they finally remade it which they did do and that game's pretty good but it's a thing where for a decade before that people were like that game needs a remake it needs one and i'm like no that game is fine it's great as it is it's just you just want something that looks really fancy on a ps3 which is fair but also, that doesn't mean like this game. I I, I just you know again I'll just I'm repeating myself. Yeah, nothing needs to be remade, especially if yeah. it's an a, a classic game. Like I remember when uh, Super Mario All Stars came out, and they're like, "Oh look, we've updated everything to look like the Super Nintendo pixels." And it's like that's cool, but is it needed? Even I, I had to have been 10, 11 when that came out. 
And even then I was just like, okay, I mean, I still have my NES. I can just plug it in and play the game that I want to play. Like yeah. I said, it's all in one cartridge, but I mean, there, there is something to play. So there is something to playing the original interpretation of that game. Yeah. Yeah. To, to really date myself. <laughs> Orson Welles once said to, to Ted Turner, keep your crayons away from my black and white movies. <laughs> <laughs> Because there was a trend yeah. in the late in the late eighties and early nineties. No one watches black and white movies anymore because they're in black and white. So we just got to colorize everything. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. no, no one watches black and white movies because they're hard to get access to. Because yeah, and I mean, like VHS hadn't come out yet. DVDs, Laserdisc, to make these things accessible so people can buy them, can see them. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, if you want, it's you know, the same by that logic. If you if you want to recolor the movies, that's fine, but it's not because the old stuff is bad, like just make the old stuff available too. It's the George Lucas problem. The problem is not that you like keep tinkering with your movies. It's that you tinker with the movies and then those obviate the original versions sometimes for the worse. Right. Where like, you know, again, to use the resident evil example, they remade resident evil two and three over the last couple of years, great games. Mm -hmm. But part of the problem is, is like, those are the versions of the games. Now they don't, Yes. the original resident evil 2 and 3 are not easily available on like playstation the playstation store or whatever it's it's yeah. the entire franchise in a fashion is available but like those versions are kind of lost for whatever reason um but they're great they're still great games they're just games from like 97 you know yeah that's part of the reason why i'm like annoyed that metal gear solid 3 is getting a, is getting like a, a unreal remaster all this crap it's like no you should be working on metal gear solid four because that thing is locked on the ps3 and while it looks it's still because i still have a ps3 and I, I replay that game every few years it still looks amazing it plays amazing it's a fantastic game but it's locked behind a system that is locked behind a very bizarre game engine which is why i'm happy yeah. that playstation apparently hired um they hired a hacker actually someone um someone was known for cracking the ps3 engine and actually Ooh. making it uh, playable um emulatable on on pc and they actually hired him because they made a game preservation unit and hired that person and what they believe is that they're going to then start unlocking all those playstation 3 games to put on the playstation plus pass so that you can stream those old games without needing a playstation 3 that'd be great which is which is great that's fantastic you should have done that a long fucking time ago (laughs) yeah yeah i mean mean, that's why i mean as much shit as we want to give Nintendo for having a 35 year old game that's $70, at least they actually are good about carrying their back catalog forward. Yeah. They'll, you know, they'll resell you super Mario brothers every five years, but it will always be on their system because they know people will buy it and that it's important. So anyway, dead space three is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Way off topic. Sorry, Josh. (laughs) Oh, no worries. Uh, we've You're got up. a big meaty topic that we're also still <laughs> going to talk about here. Uh, but really quickly, I did want to talk about um, uh, a new Apple TV Plus show that just started starring Brie Larson called Lessons in Chemistry. Really good. Similar messaging to Barbie, but delivered in a different way. Brie Larson is a, a chemist who, because of the era, the sudden it's set in the 1950s. So misogyny, sexism, women can't do things. She's held back. So she's essentially... She's a lab assistant or a lab tech. She's not allowed to be a chemist in this place she's working. I'm only one episode in, 
uh, at the time of recording the uh, they just released the third episode. So um, I've, I've got some catching up to do. But through the, the first episode, there's a lot of really good stuff that, again, like kind of like Barbie, it's it's going to make you feel uncomfortable in a way that I think a lot of people need to, because one of the things that happens with Brie Larson's character is there's a very heavy indication that she was abused in college by a teacher. So like whenever she's in a room alone with a man, the first thing she says is leave the door open. Yeah. And uh, it happens a couple of times in the first episode where someone doesn't acknowledge what she says. And so like her supervisor comes in, shuts the door behind her and she says, I would prefer it if you leave the door open, please. And she just like is not hearing him because she's having a panic attack and PTSD. And she's just like trying to get the door open. And then in another moment where uh, later on in the episode, she's kind of made, made a, a friend who is like the big scientist in the re- the area where there's undoubtedly going to be some kind of love interest going on. He's so excited to tell her something, but it has to be told in private. So he shuts the door and she's again like, Calvin, you need to open the door. The door needs to be open right now. I, I need the door open. But he's so excited trying to tell her this thing that he's had a revelation about. He's not hearing her. It's this really interesting both sides of a coin where she's with someone she trusts in Calvin, but she still doesn't trust him enough to leave the door shut. And then she's with her supervisor who she wouldn't trust as far as she could throw him. And both of them are just like, do not shut that door. And it's, it's really good and powerful. And uh, I I really can't wait to get more into it because uh, the, the hook of the show is that somewhere along the line, I assume in like episode two, she gets fired from her chemist job and somehow she gets hired on to become a TV cook or a TV mm. chef. Mm. And she uses her chemistry experience to create these like masterful dishes. Yeah. I haven't seen the, uh, the show, but it's been advertised to me quite a bit um, whenever I'm, you know, on Apple TV, which has become like quietly like the, the, app with the best originals they only have originals but they're all that everyone i've seen is like quite good yeah and i i i this at least through the first episode i'm i'm very interested in this it's very well acted there's some guy some characters that are character actors that you'll see show up you're like oh i know that person <laughs> but brie larson doing brie larson things being a very good actress and uh giving a very good performance set in the 50s so they've, they've set up a lot of really good stuff and uh I, I recommend it after one episode but alex have you played spider-man before we do that can i do one can i do one quick thing i just want to mention as long as it's star trek related <laughs> it's not um ah damn I, you know i i know we want to get to spider-man but is I just this want gonna to be our first star Mar- trek free what you're doing <laughs> i think it might be i think it might be oh no um Super Mario Wonder came out this last week. I know you didn't get a chance to play it, Josh. I've played a little bit of it. I've been playing mostly co-op with my wife. And I just want to say quick, I know we want to get to Spider-Man and really kind of uh, enjoy that meal. Um, but it's a new new 2D Mario game, the first one in a while. And it's chef's kiss. It's already, you know, it's great. It is like Nintendo at its most inventive and creative. Um, just in the few levels I've been able to play. Really wonderful art style that is like sort of a a new approach for mario not like drastically so but it's like reminiscent of like claymation or 
like a particularly um, creative like 3D movie, like animated movie. Just tons of character, like something that they um, that happens is like when you go to jump on a Goomba. At some point in the arc of your jump, they will notice and like their face is like this horrified like <laughs> scream. Not like it's it's not horrified necessarily, but they're like, and you can't viewers can't listeners can't see what I'm doing, but like their uh. mouth agape, their eyes wide, and it's just like as soon as I noticed that, I was like, oh, that is it's just it's wonderful. It's a really wonderful little game with lots <laughs> of really neat touches. So you know, it's not quite a full what you're doing because I've only played a little bit of it, but. You know, it's good. I'd recommend it if you like Mario. Nintendo, you you done did it again. Reggie, you did it. <laughs> I have heard that Wonder is like the best 2D Mario since uh, Super Mario World. Or like that's how yeah. it's being heralded. I would Which say I, mean, it's I don't think close. there's been that many unless you count handhelds. But well, like there's Mario, the, um, Super Mario Brothers Wii. There were the there were f- there were four new Super Mario Brothers games on the DS, the Wii, the 3DS, and the Wii U. And those are pretty good games, but I think they kind of get the short shrift now because like, they all looked exactly the same. They had the same art style, and they were all very similar, and they all came out within like three years, like four, four of those games in three years. It was a mm. lot. So they're good games, but this is better. So like... <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the Mario World to this is, um, I think not not out of left, out of totally out of left field, and it's like it's just Nintendo like doing their like creative weird stuff that they're really good at. And Alex, you were gonna say something, right? Well, I was gonna say if we're giving accolades to interrupt Josh and keep him away from Spider Man, <laughs> <laughs> I have accolades. I have been reading this author named Mary Roach for the last twenty years, and I've recently completed one of her newest books. It's called Grunt, The Curious Science of Humans at War. Mary Roach is kind of a snarky, lovely, investigative writer. Her first look was her first book was Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers, which basically tells about all the things that happen to your body after you die, how you can donate it, how it's used for, you know, in, you know, for product safety and all this stuff. Then they have Spook, the science trying to tackle the questions of the afterlife. She had one of my favorite damn books, which is called Bonk, the curious coupling of science and sex about like <laughs> how tough it is for science to actually investigate or get funding to actually study sex and reproduction and stuff like that. And she tells this incredibly humorous story in that one where she and her husband get an MRI so that they can actually see how people, uh, a male and female, join together. But to get proper studying of that, he has to be stimulated. She and they have to be, then they have to freeze while the MRI does its clunky thinking thing. (laughs) And and they're being talked to about, can you hold that position, please? And all this stuff. And my favorite part of that is apparently at the end of it, because, you know, you've been in there for like 30 minutes in various poses while the machine does its thing. And apparently the preview are like, okay, we're going to turn off the camera now. So if y'all want to finish, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> she did one called Packing for Mars about uh, all the the things that NASA is doing to try to people prepare for that. But this and this one's called Grunt, and it's about 
our military and our military, the veterans, the injured, the injured veterans, the things they're doing for safety, the things that they're doing for preservation. And it is a quite a powerful book in which you find out just kind of like how, how much the government tries to do, but also how much people, the soldiers themselves fail to do. And that like uh, one of the big things is like uh, one of the biggest things is hearing loss. And if you are a soldier without hearing loss, you kind of feel stigmatized that you are not doing your job, even though they're giving you these, you know, they're giving you earplugs and these materials. You're working with people who have suffered hearing loss, who aren't using the equipment and stuff like that. And another one is that they're trying to assist soldiers who are injured. And there's a program that they're doing there where they try to preserve your ovaries or sperm in case something happens to you and you're not able to physically reproduce and how difficult that is to get, a, you know, these young men and women who are going off to war to actually submit to such a procedure. Cause of course you're going to live, you're going to be fine. Right. And yeah, yeah. Stuff. And it's, and she's just one of my favorite authors. I recently just finished the book. I apparently I had picked it up in 2017 and stopped like 50 pages from the end. <laughs> <laughs> and Kindle was like, would you like to pick up where you left off? I'm like, I didn't finish this. Yeah, I guess I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I finished it and it ends with this very, very powerful um, chapter about the process that happens and, you know, the process that happens when you've unfortunately passed away and the military review of everything that could have been done to save you. And that chapter is just kind of heart wrenching because she starts off the book, part of the book with, she goes to like not live fire exercises, but exercises where they have people volunteer to be victims or injured, you know, soldiers and stuff like that. And how much money is actually put into very, very realistic bleeding like dolls, but also they have people there. And then it ends with, yeah, some of these soldiers actually don't make it back. And this is what happens. And it's, it's a, I like Mary Roach. She's a very, she's very witty. She's very sarcastic. She's very fun, but I just want to give an accolade to a book I actually liked. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about her stuff. I've got several of her books in this house. My wife reads reads her, but I've never gotten around to it. So maybe I will finally pick one up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Josh. Uh, it's time. It's time <laughs> well, for Josh. Well, that's fine. It just means the listeners got to listen a little bit longer to us. All right, Josh. Uh, I believe sixteen minutes ago you asked a question. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, have you had a chance to play Spider Man Two? I have not played Spider Man Two, but Josh, update. I figured out how to move my PS4 save to my PS5, so I do have my save file for Spider-Man. <laughs> All right. And, Miles Morales, All right. and the Miles Morales DLC is good. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Well, spoilers ahead for uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 on PS5. My, minor um, spoilers. I'm not that far into it. Minor spoilers. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm like three or four hours in. I, I, I just hit level 15 yesterday morning. So, um, like, I, I haven't picked it up since I got the uh, the suit that comes with that one, which I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, uh, so we may, we yeah, I, spoil certain suits. Well, I think, you know, I think it's fair game for it's, what it's not, it's not like it's a story essential suit. Yeah, I, I think, I've already seen you know, the IGN Kotaku GameSpot ranking of all the suits. So they, they already <laughs> went and that, that was ranked an hour after the damn game came out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, they get their, their review copies, but. I mean, I'm I'm having a lot of fun with the game. I, I was nervous about the web wing mechanic, like how convoluted is it going to be? It does kind of feel like a cheat in some c circumstances, but with as massive as the map is, 
I do think it, it was a necessary thing because web swinging is only going to get you so far so fast. Yeah, I think it's really good. You know, my the, the minor breakdown, it's it's the follow-up to the 2008's Spider-Man game on the PS4. If you liked that game, you this is just that but bigger. And if you didn't like it, then I don't know that there's anything here for you, but you know, it's the same basic gameplay loop. It's got it's the big open world with the city, you swing around, there's random crimes, there's story missions, there's side stuff. But yeah, I'm I'm really vibing with it so so far. And both this and the Miles Morales um game that came out in I wanna say twenty twenty when the PS five hit, both of which I you know, were very similar for me, where I just really open world games, I I like them. I like exploring those worlds. I'm almost never the kind of person who does everything, who gets 100%, who gets a platinum trophy, whatever. Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales are both games that I did, literally everything. And on a long enough timeline, I'm almost certain that's going to be the case for this as well. Spider-Man 2018 is the first game I ever platinumed. Yeah. I, I don't care to do trophies. And I think I ended up doing like all but 11 trophies just by playing the story and doing the things I was doing. And I was like, screw it. I'll see what I can do. Yeah, because so that that one of the great th- if you know if you like trophies, if you don't, whatever. But one of the one of the great things about the game is I think Insomniac, the developer, makes it not easy because you have to like put in the time and put in the effort. But you know, some games are like if you want to get all the achievements or whatever, you have to play New Game Plus on like Impossible difficulty or whatever. This game is like mm-hmm. you know, there's got the one. We're just gonna you're going to get most of it just by playing the game. And it's like, if you do the side quest, you're going to get a trophy. Or if you do the story, you're going to get a bunch of trophies and just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a fun completion process, which some of those games, you know, are not, I'm not, I'm not generally a completionist, but with these games, I'm, I am into it. Um, so, so I have a yeah. question because I haven't played it yet, but, are you guys aware that the Chrysler building is missing from the game? <laughs> it's been missing since Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, apparently there's some kind of licensing issue where I, I believe it's uh, either a Saudi or an Arab company now owns the Chrysler building and they are being very stringent on its uh, usage in uh, alternate forms of media. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't realize that you can trademark a fucking building. Yeah. Right. Neither did I. <laughs> Yeah, apparently it was like a law in like 1992 or something like that, that you can actually trademark, you can't like trademark like styles, but you can actually yeah. be like, this is a work of art, this entire building that everyone can see at any time and any point by just walking around. Merchandising, merchandising. Thank you, Mel Brooks. from the movie is made. <laughs> yeah, so they apparently, yeah, I, I'm, I probably read the same article you did where that the people who bought it apparently are very stringy about allowing it to be used and couldn't reach a deal with apparently a few video games now. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point about the web, the web wings, Josh, I, um, I don't know that I was quite as skeptical about them, but I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to use them. You know, the swing is so fun, but it's also just yes. like, you know, it's, it's, it's as a supplement, it is so it's, they're great. And there's some like side missions that are like, you should use that. You, you should use this, but like, Sometimes you're just swinging around and there's these like jet streams, these wind streams where you're like that. Mm-hmm. If you get into it in your web wings, you will just like go through it and shoot through it through these, through these rings where you just are in a flow state. You get like and, a little boost. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really fun. Just like, okay, I'm on my way here. I'm going in this direction. I'm going to just like shoot in there and you can get across the city so quickly. 
Um, and I'm reminded of something you, you mentioned. It feels like cheating. You know, one of the things with Tears of the Kingdom earlier this year, um, and I know, you know, you Josh have had different, maybe slightly different opinions about some of those mechanics than I did. But like, one of the things that that they've talked about in the aftermath is, you know, the the ability to to jump through like surfaces, right? I forget exactly what it's called. Ascend. It's called ascend. Or like you can yeah. you're on the ground, you shoot up through a ceiling, and then you're on top of the mountain or whatever. That came about because like they were just they were using that as like a as a a development tool. We're like, okay, we need to get around quickly. So like this will unlock this ability. And then they're like, wait a second, this is fun. Like sometimes cheating can be kind of fun, you know? Um and so it kind of feels like like in, in it's in that vein of cheating where it's like kind of it's not maybe necessarily a spider-man thing to do but it is like cool and fun and doesn't hurt anything in a way that reminded me of that that specific aspect of zelda and i i'm really vibing with it yeah and um to the point of the web wings as well um i do want to talk about at least the opening sequence for the the tutorial sequence essentially with the giant sandman fight but uh, one thing the game kind of, we'll say, blew its load early uh, on me <laughs> was um, in the in the opening wait, wait, sequence. Wait, wait, did you just say Spider-Man blew yes. his load on you? Yes, he did. <laughs> early? Yeah. I believe that is uh, episode 20 of the Milf and Me Kinky <laughs> Winky that you're referencing. <laughs> um, so, so the opening sequence of the game when when you're when you see peter and uh miles is peter is now a teacher at miles school and something's happening the sandman's attacking and he's become a a kaiju and so miles has this really funny moment where he's like uh mr parker i need you to help me go to the bathroom and so they they run up to the roof and they see it and peter's like i'm so gonna get fired and they start web swinging and then you take over as peter and i'm swinging i'm swinging and as I'm getting across the Brooklyn Bridge, I see Miles gliding. I'm like, why can't I do that? And then throughout the sequence with the Sandman, you eventually get to a point where he like chucks you a really long distance. And it's like, hey, press triangle to do, deploy your web wings. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't do that while Miles could do it while he's an NPC. That's a pretty funny. Mo- I, I'm, that feels like a thing you were not supposed to see because like. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's he, they blew their load a little early because yeah. I'm like, why can Miles do this right now? Why can't I do this? Like, how do you do this? Because it's a the thing like, in the, the story where Peter's like, wings, it's like, woo. I, yeah, my technology is working like it's, a, it's supposed to be this big, cool moment. I'm like I saw Miles do that like 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And Miles is like. Are you sure? Did you test them? Are they going to work? Exactly. Yes. That's, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Miles is like, has it been tested enough? He's like, we're going to do the test now. So the, the entire time you guys keep thinking of talking about the wingsuit, which is in a game that just came out. I'm thinking of the wingsuit from Saints Row 2022, which is has the same mechanic where you, you fall in, you pop out your wingsuit, but then you hit little circles to boost up. And I'm like, Man, I hope it works better in the Spider-Man game than it does in that, because that's clunky as hell. I, I, I there's like there's like air vents and stuff that you can like find, and it'll uh, it'll propel you vertically. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I've not played Saints Row, but it, it, in my experience, it's very smooth and basically it's just if you're in this little if you're in this little stream, you're moving mostly kind of on a path with, and then you can like kind of dip out of it at any time and just keep your momentum going. Um, and it's a good way to like 
you know, because the city is bigger. They've added a bunch more boroughs. There's like one of the giant rivers that's like cutting through it. I forget which river it actually is in New York. So like, you know, not not easily web swingable if you're trying to get across. One of the really like small touches that I love that's just real. It's one of those like really small. Oh, this is a next gen game kind of thing. Josh, have you unlocked any of the fast travel yet? I don't think so. So I haven't used it much because, again, the web swinging is so much fun. But it's a thing where, like, you mm-hmm. have to as a it's a thing where you have to do a certain number of the side activities to get your various boroughs, your various fact areas of New York to the fast travel point. And like once you have it unlocked, it is not a fast travel point. It is you're on the map and you're in this district and you're like looking at it and you're like, okay, I want to go right here to this intersection and you click fast travel and it zooms in on the map back into the gameplay and then spider-man swings in and it's like instantaneous it is like and it is anywhere it's like oh i want to go it's not like the loading scene where you take the trains from the last game yeah or yeah you're gonna end up on the route on a specific roof or something it's okay i'm gonna go to this point in this district and i'm gonna be i'm going to be right there which is like a small thing but it's also like not a small thing, right? Because it feels like that's the kind of thing that has been a dream of gamers everywhere for years. Like the elimination of loading times and loading screens were here. It's like I'm halfway across the map and I need to get here. And I don't feel like web swinging right now. And boom, I'm there without anything. Yeah, I read a, um, an interview with the with the game designers. And apparently it's actually quicker than you're describing because you have to like hold triangle to confirm they put that hold in because people were getting confused and traveling too quickly. Like oh, their game wow. testers were like, look at the map and they would hit like triangle and then be there. And they're like, I, I, I was looking. So they yeah. could hold to confirm to slow you down. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, but- yeah. I haven't run into too many gamey things that really like take me out of it. I do think like the continuing with the Sandman stuff, the only thing that really kind of, bothers me with anything with that is uh in the sandman side missions uh you have to like pull the triggers to rip open a a crystal that contains a memory for of the sandman and like they do the um trigger pressure or whatever that is with the the new controllers and like i don't need that i don't care that it's like oh it's a little more tense because i'm breaking a crystal whoa like those those are little things that like i don't need like they're i can say they're a nice touch but I, it doesn't add anything for me. Um, but overall, yeah, it's one of those like, things I, that if it was gone, you wouldn't notice it. But I think it is neat that it is. It's a thing that you know a lot of. It's a thing that PS Five controller can do that a lot of games don't use. So it's nice to see it more than it's like necessary. Yeah, yeah, and it, it like it's it's something that Sony invested money in, so they were like, we well, this is our big Sony game, so we gotta make sure we utilize it in some fashion, but it, it does showcase the PS5's capabilities really well. Like there are little moments where a podcast will turn on and you'll hear like a little jingle come from your controller, but there's things happening on the screen too. And like they do a really good job of immersing you into the environment through stuff like that. Another thing that uh, I, so minor spoilers again, I haven't, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to stay away from spoilers because I'm, I'm, gonna try and beat this game by the time like the month of november is done but 
the game opens with Norman Osborn giving Harry the symbiote, like just he kind of like touches Harry on the shoulder and the symbiote rolls off of Harry, of Norman onto Harry. And so like, I'm wondering, is the game trying to curveball me and say that Norman is going to be Venom or Harry's going to be Venom? Because I think they confirmed Eddie Brock is not in this game. So like there, there's a, a whole thing of like who is going to be Venom. And I, I feel like it kind of has to be Harry, but I'm also very invested in what Harry's doing early on in this game because he's like it created this uh, foundation that's named after his mom and Aunt May. And there's all sorts of stuff happening where I'm like, Harry seems very genuine, but they're also taking some like really interesting aspects of or interestingly taking aspects of really bad Spider-Man movies and throwing this in this throwing them into this game to be like, look, these storylines can work if we get the time because like you've got San giant Sandman in a venom based Spider-Man game. Can you've I ask you for Harry some clarification with the disease? So Can like, I ask you for some clarification. Did you just say a yeah. bad Spider-Man movie? And I'm more referring to Spider-Man two, not Spider-Man three. Okay. 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 Less okay. well received. We'll say. Okay. All right. Okay. We don't, I we, we don't have a the, I thought Spider-Man 2 was the best-received Spider-Man movie they ever released. Amazing Spider-Man Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Oh, not, okay. Thank you. Thank if you. we're not talking All bad right. about Spider-Man 3, we don't got a problem. We don't got a problem. Okay. <laughs> we're not. I'm not saying bad things. I'm just, less well-received, we'll say. But, like, you've got Giant Sandman. You've got Venom in the game. You've got these weird aspects. And then you've also got Harry, who's dealing with this, like, virus of some kind. And it feels like they're, they're going to throw the curveball and be like, Harry's the bad guy, just like an amazing Spider-Man too. And look how awesome it is. It, it almost feels like Sony's trying to do a little bit of a reclamation project on these stories that fans did not like. Maybe. And, you know, I'm, I think you said you were a few at like three or four hours in, I think I've put in maybe 10 at this point and I'm farther in the story than you, but I've not, I've done, I spent a lot of time, doing side missions and stuff because that's just how I, how I played the previous two games where like mm-hmm. a side mission becomes available and then i'm like zip 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 around the map um yeah so i've not gotten to the point where any of that has been revealed like i don't you know i i could not tell you for sure who venom is for example right well um, i wouldn't want you to i'm i'm, I'm just speculating and saying well, like I, I don't know what the game wants me to think uh, well, I, I just I mean similarly to you i just mean what i'm about to say is not informed necessarily by knowledge that i'm trying to obfuscate right like i can't, i'm not trying to like tip my hand that any about anything with venom um but it does seem to me like since the start since like the early marketing and stuff the game seems to really be taking that harry the harry osborne story which is the sickness is not part of it and except insofar as like in the comics he's sick because he's addicted to drugs um, which is so I think they've reinterpreted that in more modern stories where like he just has an illness and I think it, you know, but eventually becomes the green goblin himself. Right. And like, that's the story in Spider-Man three. That's the story in amazing Spider-Man two. That's the story in the original comics. So it's, I've, I've always kind of assumed that I, like I've seen people say, Oh, what if, what if they're going to zag on you? And it's, it's Peter who's Spider-Man or who's about venom rather. And I, like maybe but it seems to me that they're not trying to like pull to be surprising necessarily they're just doing the harry osborne story but instead of the green goblin they're doing it by way of venom 
and maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. about that, um, but it seems like, you know, that, that's the kind of thing where I think that, I don't think that they are necessarily, I think they are sort of telegraphing what they're doing, but not like in a, in a bad way, which is not to refute anything you said. I just think that's where, that's where my head's at, where it seems like, yeah, that's just, that's what they're doing. It seems like. Yeah. And, it, it's gotta be a swerve because Harry's too, Harry's being a little too uh, generous with his, his time and uh, altruistic. Uh, he, there's just too much there that I feel like is going to lead to that swerve. And the, and so much of the like, um, and again, I've, you know, I've not like gotten into any of even like the black suit stuff that usually prefaces, that we know as part of this game that always prefaces. Yeah, the, I, I the haven't gotten stuff. there. The last thing I did was unlock the first Craven base or I found the first Craven base. Yeah, I was going somewhere with that and now it has escaped me. Gosh, I apologize. Um, you know, I just think that it's 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 doing some pretty classic Spider-Man stuff in a in a new way. Like, I don't even think necessarily that Harry is like. I think it's going to be more of a tragic villainy thing, where like you know, Sp- there's a period where Spider-Man kind of kind of loses himself. That's part of the Venom story, and I imagine like then if it is Harry who becomes Venom, it's going to be a similar thing where he's like a genuinely good guy who gets lost because of illness and then maybe the the venom symbiote or whatever yeah if it's anything like spider-man 2 it's gonna be because he's like it's gonna be like you don't want me to die i don't want to die like i need the thing because it's gonna keep me alive give me your blood (laughs) spider-man but so far i'm really digging it like it's really it's really interesting like it is it is spider-man 2 it's it, it is a sequel to this game this original game and miles morales in every way like you know it it's so like every every character I think for the most part who is alive at the end of those games has been followed up on at this point with in both those games like in the from characters from Miles game are showing up and you know it's following from Spider Man one and it's like kind of there's like a there's like a recap video you can watch but it kind of just throws you right in where like it expects you to know who you know Miles is kind of crush who happens to be a deaf girl is because who was a side character in the miles game. Um, and it kind of expects you to kind of remember what went on with, um, Aunt May and miles's uncle, which is like very cool where, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling, but it is, it's just a great game that I'm really having a lot of fun with. Yeah, I, I don't think it's game of the year quality stuff, but I do think it's really good. Like it, it is arguably the best Spider-Man game they've made because of the the improvements that they've made. Like you can switch between Peter and Miles on the fly. You just open yeah. up the the app through your controller and you can be like, I want to be Peter now. I'm going to be Miles. And they feel distinctly different through their combat styles and through the way they swing. And they, they do a great job with all of that. So are you saying that Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man 2? Or are you saying that Spider-Man 2 is better than Spider-Man 2? Because to me, Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man game of all time. <laughs> well, you know, I think you're right. I think I, think, I, think I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's hard to disagree. <laughs> but there's like, you know, there's some there's some side activities that only only one of the Spider-Man can do. And it's really neat where it's like, it's not like you can't do this. It's, hey, Peter can do this one. Do you want to switch to Peter? And then other little touches were like, they de- they decoupled the crimes from the the completion in this one which i appreciate which, oh, but good. also means i've but i haven't been doing a ton of them but um when i have been the first one i did i like zoomed in and i was like ah f- armored car robbery or whatever and like i 
got there and Miles is already there. He's like, he is wailing on those dudes. Yeah. So then it's like a mini, a mini Spider-Man team up. And then at the end, he's like, okay, see ya. <laughs> it's just really, yeah, cool. really neat. And I, I do appreciate in like the, the car chase sequences, they get rid of the button mashing of the square button. Like you just yeah. do the, you get, you web up one guy, Peter webs up the, the rest of the car and then he stops it or miles does like, it's, it's real nice streamlining of a lot of the, the things that became annoying after so long with other ones. Yeah. And like, I think the, the, the first game had the thing where it was like, it had the suit powers, right? Where each suit had an associated ability that you could turn on and off when I once you unlocked it, you could just equip it whenever. Um, and they've gone away with that in, in favor of just more, more streamlined options, either like on, as part of your gadgets, as part of your powers, or as part of like their skill trees. So mm-hmm. that's that's useful too. Where like you could just get all these things as opposed to like, oh, I really like this ability, but that means I don't get that ability because it's a suit ability and yeah, I have to pick one. Um, just really thoughtful, um, like you said, streamlining the mechanics. And you know, I really like all I I I love unlocking suits in these fucking games. They're it's so good. Yeah. I unlocked you know minor spoilers. I unlocked the spider-verse noir suit today Ooh. and it's incredible it's great because it, you know in, in um i want to in the miles morales game they had the suit that was based on into the spider-verse and it it animated like the movie where like they're they're taking out frames of yeah, animation that was a suit so ability a, so you could yeah. you could actually tie that to other suits too which was kind of cool but it, i mean yeah. obviously it looks better in the in, into the spider-verse uh suit yeah, and this is the same way where like you've got that sort of kind of unique animation, but also it's it's you know the Nick Cage character from those movies. He's got the big flowing coat, which is great. It is. I was running around in it, and I was like, man, this looks. It's Chef's kiss, Chef's kiss. I've only got like half the suits, I think, but I'm still like I'm trying to stand spoiled for what I haven't gotten. So sorry, Josh, that I spoiled that one for you. But <laughs> no, just... I, I've seen that one. I saw, I saw someone doing. The, uh, I don't know if you know about the Rubik's cube trick. Oh, I think I've heard of that. Is that where you like glitch out and become a cube? <laughs> yeah, well, it, no, um, if you do a dive off of a building, if you hold down and square while you're falling, Peter will just kind of go into a crisscross sit and he'll have pull out a, a Rubik's cube oh, and he'll yeah. solve the Rubik's cube while you fall. So That's it's rad. kind of like doing like the flips and the spinny spinnies, but it's during the free. It, you can only do it during a free fall, which is really cool. That's awesome. Like someone saw someone unlocked the noir suit and he's like, I had to do it. And then they did the Rubik's cube. <laughs> uh, that's really good. Um, I know you have a certain opinion of Carnage, which I, I'm I'm more or less in line with you. Right. I feel he's kind of superfluous, but he's he's a villain that if done written well into a story can serve a really good purpose uh, with it being a symbiote story. Do you want to see Carnage in like a DLC story or do you want to see Carnage? in? I, I don't think they would do Carnage in Spider-Man three. I just feel like that would be like treading extra ground that's already covered in this game. But would you want to see Carnage in these games at all? Well, I'll tell you what, I think we are going to find out how we feel about that sooner rather than later. I'll say that sooner or later. I'll say that much. Having played some more of the game. I don't think that answers my question. I, I'm asking your opinion. Like if if it if it is confirmed or like whatever, we find out that Carnage is coming to this game or the sequel, how excited is Matt? Or how ambivalent well, is Matt? I don't know. I mean I don't I don't necessarily like hate 
carnage, right? I just, I think that, you know, there's a time and in some ways we're in that time now in the comics where like there's, they can get a little symbiote crazy at times, right? Where everybody loves symbiotes, so we're throwing symbiotes at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it sort of starts with Carnage. So I don't have a problem with Carnage if they, you know, for for DLC or a third game, which I think is almost certainly going to happen at this point because it's like one of the best-selling PS5 games to date. I would, I'm okay with seeing it, but I would prefer, considering that we know this game is so Venom centric i would like to see them focus on something more in a in a macro sense right something else so i don't want it to be like the first game is dr octopus in a larger sense second game is venom venom and then the third game is carnage if you want to do some carnage stuff on the side i'm not beefing with it but you know let's do it a different villain or two instead of like doing and again you know maybe i'll be so into what they do with venom that i'll be clamoring for more symbiote stuff but you know that's my let's see let's see a bunch of different stuff i don't know what happens with norman and mm-hmm. harry in this game but let's see some green goblin shit or something you know but yeah it, we we definitely need to be seeing some green goblin shit they'll they're, they've been building towards it for two games uh, yeah so unless they throw a random green goblin into dlc or at the end of this game which i doubt yeah uh, it i don't know why the third game wouldn't be green goblin centric and like i said i think that um I will say that I think they have carnage on the brain God, I hope to what not. degree that becomes um, manifest, I guess remains to be seen. I am tired of carnage. I find carnage stupid as fuck. And I think I don't, I, I, I want carnage to be left in the nineties where he deserves to be. <laughs> carnage is just stupid. Unless it's carnage. She carnage, she carnage is, she carnage is hot. <laughs> just like carnage, she venom. carnage but is she, great when it's just like, we need a story that is just a villain who is just like on a rampage and doesn't have anything else going on. Like everything is about this guy, like going on a killing spree or whatever. The only problem is is that you can only do that story so often. So like when he becomes really popular and they're like, keep using carnage, you have to like keep finding new things to do with him. And it, it wears out its welcome really quickly. Where like, I think he's a character that is cool and you can use, but you have to use him sparingly and, Especially because he's so associated with Venom, anything Venom immediate, almost immediately is like, ooh, Carnage, right? Like, we saw that with the movies where, like, you know, I'm also not, like, the biggest Venom guy in the world, but there's lots of Venom stuff you can do, and the thing they pivot to almost immediately is, ooh, we did Venom, now we gotta do Carnage, you know? Um, so, I'm not against Carnage. I would like it, I would like them not to do that, what I just said, where it's, oh, we did Venom, now we gotta do Carnage. As like the main Spider-Man thing. has Spider-Man has a deep rogues gallery. You can do more. You can do more than just Goblin and then Venom and Carnage. You know. Yeah, there's a lot you can do. Um, yeah, it's just I, I, you know, I, I do appreciate that one of the things about these games is they have done a lot of they do deep cuts. You know, they, I mean, they they play the hits, but also they do deep cuts where like there's a whole side quest with you know a, a relatively minor Spider-Man character named Wraith, who's like an anti-hero. They're they're doing a lot of the characters that you know, and like between these three games, we've seen a lot of like classic villains. But there's also a, a deep bench that they can and have pulled from. So I think, hopefully, you know, I don't know that we're gonna see. I don't know. Shriek. I want to see the walrus. 
Hey, I'm down for that. Do a walrus, you know, <laughs> you know, I think, I think whatever the main villain is of Spider-Man three of the DLC is going to be someone that you would expect, like someone who is probably like headlined a movie or is part of a major story from the comics. But um, I would expect lots of like other little jobbers to show up to. All I know oh, yeah. is if they do a stupid thing where they announce the DLC and the main bad guy is Craven, so that they can actually pimp the Craven movie at the same time, so they can go fuck themselves. Well, I'm pretty sure that was the idea with Craven being the one of the antagonists, main antagonists of this game, is they could tie it into Craven's Last Hunt and promote the the trades of that, as well as Aaron Taylor Johnson as a version of Craven, whose dad I believe is Russell Crowe in the movie, who is like the Sergei Kravenov. Who the hell hasn't Russell Crowe fathered? I mean, he, you know, he fathered Superman. He fathered <laughs> Hercules. He's fathered Craven. I mean, the dude gets around. I mean, has anyone? He's going, anyone... he's making movies, making songs, fighting around the world with his steamboat tugger. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get out of here, guys. We, we've kept everyone a little longer this week, but I, I think this has been a really fun what you're doing. Uh, Matt, you good. want to tell everyone about the Discord? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like what we've done here, talking about random nerdy shit for an hour and a half, if you like, especially if you like me going off on tangents and repeating myself over and over again, and you want to see all that stuff and more in the text form, then the Discord is where it's at. It's a good time, good people, lots of Star Trek talk, unlike this episode. So yeah, come join us. All right. Well, thank you, Matt and Alex, for being here tonight to share what you're doing. Uh, don't forget to join the Discord. Follow us on all the social media platforms talk at Talking Smack Pod, including YouTube, where you can now find our podcasts, as well as Blue Sky Instagram, Threads, Hive Social, Post News, Facebook, TikTok, and Lonnie's website. Email us what you doing at tsmackpod at gmail.com. Our questions, comments, concerns, reviews. Thank you to Leo Allen for our musical themes, Beppo for our original avatars. Retroil Studios for our Ricky avatar. Please like, subscribe, rate, review on your podcatcher of choice. If you're on YouTube, smash that like button. I've been waiting forever to say that. But most importantly, thanks everyone for listening and take care. And thank you, Antonio and Diana from the Milton Me podcast for this musical remix. <laughs>